Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And that's whatever type of company you work with. And laugh, I believe we have to have some fun along the way. Well, hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Remember, if you've had any questions or comments related to this show or any commercial real estate related endeavors, you're inviting to get in touch with us by Ouija board. Yes. Uh, well, you can also connect with us through a Commercial Real Estate Show. Look for your favorite medium there. It could be the Ouija board, I guess, or Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter, or LinkedIn. You can find them all at the show website. And you will not believe this. You can actually call us on a telephone at numbers 888-612-SHOW. Operators are standing by. I've always wanted to say that, you know. <laughs> right, today, we're going to look at the industrial real estate market. We pulled together some of the leading experts in the country to help us get a picture of the current market and what to expect moving forward. Please welcome my first guest, Renee Sirk, Director of Research, PPR, a CoStar company. Founded in 1987, CoStar conducts expansive, ongoing research to produce and maintain the largest and most comprehensive database of commercial real estate information. Renee, welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Hi, Michael. Happy to be here. Well, thank you, sir. And to get us started, how did the U.S. industrial sector uh, overall perform in the first quarter, and how does that compare to uh, 2012? You know, we had a really good quarter during the first three months of the year. Uh, net absorption in the 54 largest markets across the country came in at about 25 million square feet. Now, to be perfectly honest, maybe it's just me, and the recent performance has lowered what I consider a good quarter because we used to see numbers in the 40 million square foot range. But the 25 million square feet was about three times what we saw the first quarter of last year and even the year before. And if you remember, the previous two years were actually negative net absorption. So that's actually, that's actually pretty good news. Now, what I consider really good news is that 43 of the 54 markets actually saw positive res results and only 11 saw negative. So that is actually a number you would see widespread positive demand in a, in a normal expansionary cycle. So to sum up, demand is pretty good. Now, on the other side of the equation, we have supply, and that continues to be exceptionally low. Only about 13 million square feet delivered in the first quarter, and only about 38 million square feet was under construction by the end of March. Now, it, it makes sense to put this in perspective. These 13 million square feet is you know, two or three times the level that we saw during the depth of the recession. But if you think of the average of during the last expansion year period, about 46 million square feet was being delivered every quarter and as much as 63 million square feet was delivered in the first quarter of 2006. And on top of that, 150 million square feet was under construction at any given time. So clearly this 38 million square feet versus the 150, a huge, huge drop. So when you put these two things together, you have decent supply, decent demand and very, very weak supply. Vacancies continue to come down and now we are standing at about 8.2%, which is 20 bips down from the quarter before and about 100 basis points uh, down from from the year, you know, from the year earlier. Now, if you if you think about vacancy rates in this low territory, you know, owners usually talk about you know when the vacancies are uh, below 10%, the pricing power is with the uh, with the landlord. If they are above, then the pricing power is is with uh, with the tenant. And we are just now starting to see that switch. And we saw about 0.6% uh, increase in rents in the in the quarter over quarter and about 
year over year. So that's finally we are starting to see that these low vacancy rates are taking hold. They're getting more widespread and they're starting to push rents up. Well, that's some good, healthy news for the marketplace. And I guess the lack of supplies is really helping in that regard. So what do you think moving forward? Is that lack of supply going to continue and improve the market in 2013? What do you expect to see? That's absolutely what's going to be the story. Now, industrial is very easy to develop. You know, you can build a large building in six to nine months. So more developers are, if you will, kicking the tires and, and, and roaming the market. So supply will definitely come back. But if you think of the 38 million square feet that's under construction, if you think of the 13 million square feet that uh, is delivered already this year, so we could have up to, let's say, let's say, 50 million square feet of deliveries. And we are expecting demand to be about 100 million which will be a 20% increase from last year, but also about, also about 50 million square feet more than these new deliveries, which will result at a market of what that we track of about 10 billion square feet, about another 50 bips of, of vacancy compression uh, from the beginning of 2013 till the end of 2013, which would put us at around uh, you know, seven, 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 nine percent somewhere in that range. Well, that's good news. And we're talking with Renee Sirk, Director of Research at PPR, a co-star company. And, and Renee, what about uh, the, what affects the industrial market? What factors do you think will affect performance moving forward? Well, if you think of the 2000s, it was all about containerized imports. Uh, China joined the World Trade Organization in 2001, end of 2001, and cargo flowing into the port of LA and Long Beach and other ports, but those are by far the largest ones, was going gangbusters. And imports were growing three, three and a half times the rate of GDP. And that was the primary driver of the last decade. Uh, the secondary driver was, was uh, home building, of course. Now, if you think of containerized cargo today, it's not growing nearly as strongly. It's growing at about 2% rate. So it's growing probably the one times GDP rate versus the three times GDP that we saw. So that is something to keep in mind when investors are thinking forward. Uh, some of the markets that were huge winners the last decade may not be to that same extent. Uh, and uh, what may make more sense is to start looking at markets that actually could benefit from some of this uh, return of, of uh this onshoring and inshoring. We don't really think that's going to be extremely strong, but it's going to it's going to help. I mean, for example, you think of Detroit. Uh, Detroit's been a market that essentially peaked in 2000 and was on a downturn for for a decade, and now it continues to figure as a top five market in terms of demand for year and a half, and that's that's not necessarily stopping all that much. So I would say I would say that. Uh, you know, it's still going to be about distribution. It's still going to be about uh, where people live and where the goods are coming from. But the goods may not be necessarily coming from uh, as much from where they used to. Um, at least, I would say the minimum, the growth is not going to be coming in, in from China. It may be coming from countries like Mexico or even, even uh, India, which completely changes the distribution network in this country. Okay. So it sounds like there's some good investment opportunities in some area. And let's turn our focus to investment sales. How did industrial sales volumes and cap rates end up for 2012? And what do you see so far in 2013? You know, 2012 was a good year. Uh, it was a year that you would consider normal at about $20 billion trading uh, for, the, for the year. Um, now, that's still about a quarter off what we saw 
saw in the peak 2007, but that was that was an unusually strong year. And it was about, well, nearly 30% increase from the year before. So demand for this sector has been pretty strong on the investment side. And, you know, to give you a little bit of insight, um, we work with a lot of investors, and many investors that historically have not been uh, dedicated industrial investors, or maybe not even industrial investors at all, are starting and calling us and saying, you know what, we are interested in this sector. So I think there's going to be more capital flowing into this sector from newcomers, in addition to obviously everybody out there is raising money and, and trying to trying to place it across the country. So it's it's good news. Now, what that does, of course, if demand goes up and supply is pretty pretty limited when you think of the you know, Class A properties in Class A markets, um, pricing you know is going up and. Um, Cap rates are back to where they were before the recession. In some markets, they are even lower. And you know, tra- buildings trading in a five cap range in the best markets like Miami and um, Southern California are not all that unusual. So that is the biggest challenge, and that's going to be the challenge of of getting into that sector. That if you want to be in the best markets, you will be potentially priced out of it. And that's why more and more clients are not only calling us and saying we do want to go into industrial, they're also calling and saying. What are the next markets? Where you know where should we place be placing capital? Because the obvious ones, you know, the the LAs of the world, are pretty much taken. Okay, so you've got some great low cap rates if you're a seller in some of those cities. But what about uh, average overall the country? We're short on the break, but uh, what do you see for average cap rates in industrial? Well, it's it you do definitely have to segment the the market. So the better stuff um, properties would probably be trading. Uh, at about six and a half cap on average. Now, if you start if you start looking at the overall market, and if you start looking at the smaller properties and the flexish properties, light industrial, then you probably have to add another hundred basis points on top of that. Okay, Renee Sirk, thanks for joining us today. We sure appreciate your insight. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And if you like more information from CoStar, visit CoStar.com. Stay with us. We have more commercial real estate intel headed your way. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit BullRealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you appreciate the intel the show provides for you, please share the show with your connections on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and reach out to the show's sponsors to see how they might benefit your business. Visit the show website. There are share bars for show podcasts, videos, and blogs, and a sponsor tab. The show site is commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing the industrial real estate market. Please welcome my next guest, Rob Reiner, partner, Panatoni Development. Panatoni develops, leases, and owns industrial, office, and retail projects in more than 278 cities throughout the U.S., Canada, and Europe. Since inception, the firm has completed in excess of 175 million square feet of commercial projects worldwide. Rob, welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thank you, Michael. It's good to be here today. Also, please welcome Jim Bryce, partner, Holt Lunsford Commercial. Holt Lunsford Commercial's core lines of business include development, construction management, leasing, property management, reporting, accounting, and investments in the office, industrial, and retail sectors. 
Holt Lunsford's Commercial is the fourth largest commercial real estate provider in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, overseeing approximately 44 million square feet in Dallas-Fort Worth and Houston for private and institutional owners. Jim, welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks, Michael. Glad to be here. And guys, to, to get us started, I'd like to know what types of, of properties in the industrial market and what types of market areas are you seeing the most demand for properties today? Well, Michael, uh, you know, when we uh, when the shot clock got us uh, back in 2008 and we brought on, you know, roughly about 28 million square feet of, of industrial product and uh, we didn't have any absorption to, to fill that in, we started slowly chipping away at it. The last two years, we've uh, we've absorbed about 25 million square feet of that product. And this first quarter of this year, we picked up uh, another two and a half million square feet. And that's probably that's primarily been in the large, uh, big box product. But um, as that's filling in, we're seeing uh, other warehouse uh, product manufacturing uh, facilities kind of come back in and flex starting to fill up. Jim, you've got about 45 million square feet of that. Do you want to touch on what you're seeing? Um, I would have to agree on the big box side for sure. Uh, we, you know, we've seen a lot of e-commerce facilities coming to Dallas, but um, over the last two to three years, there's really been no shallow bay, uh, shallow bay product uh, that's been delivered uh, with infill with the lack of infilled sites. Um, you know, developers have a hard time trying to find uh, you know land sites to be able to build that shallow bay product, and I think there's really a lack of demand in that area. And actually, we have two sites that we currently have under contract that we're hoping to break ground and try to add some shallow bay product uh, to go along with the bulk product that's been delivered. Uh, mainly from the build-a-suit side, Dallas, you know, as Rob mentioned, um, usually it's a big spec development market, but over the last three years, we really haven't built any big bombers. Uh, they've all been build-a-suits. Last year alone, I think we did over 11 million feet of, uh, of build-a-suits, um, which is really, really rare for the Dallas market. And what types of companies are creating this demand for space right now, and uh, what are some of the things that they're, they're tell you they're looking for in the space? Well, you know, I, th- I think Jim Jim touched on it with the e-commerce, but before the e-commerce came back and, and what our, our big absorption was in, and I always break it down to the lowest common denominator, which was basically it, it comes down to population growth in the uh, DFW area and also Texas uh, in general. And so, you know, toilet paper, toothpaste, and tires, uh, you've got more p- people moving in, and you've got to get that product to the doorstep or to the, to the retail center. And so, you know, DFW really um, – has uh, you know we're about 710 million square feet um, on our industrial base, uh, and what we've seen is that a lot of those companies that have come in, um, you know, have gone to South Dallas. For one, there's not as as uh, the availability of land north of the airport. Still have product in uh, in Alliance, North Fort Worth, and and uh, land in uh, South Dallas. I mean South Fort Worth. But we've seen the driver of those 11 million square feet of build a suits that Jim mentioned. Go into that market because they're they're servicing the the 6.7 million square foot population that the 6, 6.7 million uh, people in the DFW area in the greater MSA, which uh, is you know shipping back down to Houston to San Antonio and Austin. So the driver that we've seen has been just across the board from e-commerce, which is you know starting to pick up uh, on the industrial base, and it's going to do nothing but grow into the future. And then just our normal warehouse distribution needs, and that's been what's really kind of turned our market around, in my opinion. And as far as what tenants are looking for inside the space, you know, usually 32 foot clear. Trailer storage is really key. You know, the more trailer storage you have um, uh, with your building, uh, the better off you are. 
And then obviously, you know, all the energy efficient lighting and then also controlled access points to, within the site itself. Okay. And so you're, you're getting some good demand, especially in the large space. So are you guys building spec right now and you have spec uh, planned? You know, as far as uh, we currently have not uh, put a shovel in the ground, we've, uh, we've got a few land sites and uh, we have not gone with spec. We've chased a few build-a-suits, but, um, you know, what you've seen on, on that front uh, basically right now on the spec side has been the, the REIT. The REITs have led that way. You've got a few pension funds that have stepped in. So, you know, right now we've got about 3 million square feet um, of spec product in the uh, north uh, DFW uh, submarket, which, you know, with that you've got Crow up there, um, you've got uh, Oakmont. IDI. And, uh, and IDI, right, and uh, Avera. And so, you know, you've got uh, 3.1, 3.2 million square feet. I think Jim mentioned that they were talking about uh, doing some build a suits up there. I think it's they probably have a site in that market, and I'll let him uh, let him confirm that. But if you look at South Dallas, you've got Prologis that started a 660, 660,000 square footer expandable to a million. Uh, maybe a deal working on that one. Uh, I haven't verified that yet. And then uh, you've got uh, in North Fort Worth uh, Alliance uh, with Hillwood, Hillwood came out right. and announced 1.2 million square feet. So if you look at it, it's been uh, uh, primarily REITs that led it. We did a you know study on a national basis, and I would say that out of all the spec building that was going on, this is three months uh, stale, but out of all the spec building, 92% of it was REIT driven. And you know it's easy for the REITs since they don't have to go do a, a normal bank loan. Uh, that uh, other equity sources uh, will sometimes have to do. They're working off a line of credit. So, you know, you've got uh, you've got people buying shares of stock. They're putting that money to work. So, that that typically is what you see when you have REITs in uh, in your market. And so, you're seeing uh, a few other. You'll have a few other announcements uh, this quarter as far as more spec coming in. But once again, we've got about another three million square feet of positive net absorption going this quarter. And so, as we get to it, we're about eight point two percent on the vacancy dial, and uh, you'll actually see that number drop down below eight before the year's out. And then we're going to break ground for sure on some shallow bay product. This year we'll deliver three buildings and roughly about 300,000 feet because I think that's the one the one area that uh, there's really the tenant demand is there. And, um, you know, in the northwest Dallas and DFW airport submarkets, there really has been no shallow bay product delivered in the last four years. and. With that 8.2 vacancy rate, I think it's time to deliver that product, and we're going to see rents, you know, for the first time in a long time, really start to grow in Dallas, which is great, great to hear. Yeah, that's good news. We're going to take a short break here, and when we get back, we're going to look at demand for some of the smaller spaces. We're going to also look at how housing, uh, recovering housing, is affecting the industrial market. So stay with us. More commercial real estate intelligence headed your way. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. 
Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You may be listening to the show anywhere from Atlanta to Sacramento today. The show has been broadcast around the world for two and a half years on iTunes, the show website, and the show is aired on 10 radio stations and multiple websites across the country. We'd like to welcome listeners in Sacramento on Money 1055. Today, we're discussing the industrial sector with Rob Reiner with Panatoni Development and Jim Bryce with Holt Lunsford Commercial. And gentlemen, we talked about the, the big demand for the for the larger spaces. What about demand for spaces under 300000 or under 200000 Are you seeing uh, entrepreneurs forming or expanding in this market, Jim? Uh, yeah, Michael. In 2010 and 2011, really the big bulk market, uh, you know, 300,000 feet plus was pretty active and 50,000 feet uh, and below tenants were active as well. There was really a lag in that 100 to 300,000 square foot uh, range. And if you weren't a REIT with a big with a big box on the ground or chasing build-a-suits, you know, your average leasing guy was really having a tough time trying to get deals done and make a make a living. But over the last six months of 2012, we've really seen this 100 to 300,000 square foot tenant uh, size range really pick up. Uh, we lease uh, 16.5 million square feet inside Dallas, and uh, you know, last year alone, we probably did 22 deals that were over 100, you know, between that 100 to 300,000 foot range, as compared to we probably only did six the year before that. So, I really see that that tenant size has really picked up. Um, which is great for Dallas because that's kind of your bread and butter deal. Uh, as Rob mentioned earlier, you know, if, if this size tenant would have been absorbing in 2011, God, we would have been back to that 17, 18 million square feet absorption range. Yeah, I, you know, I think that if you if you look at last time that we went through this uh, after 9/11, after the dot com, and you know what drove uh, what drove a lot of our growth was the subprime lending in the housing industry. At least this time. Uh, on our mortgage side of it, um, you know we're uh, we're not as free with the uh, with the uh, with the loans, and so as we see the the housing development, the the curb high real estate developers right now, they're out of lots, and um, and they really are putting a lot of land sites under contract, even some that would have typically been industrial, um, you know, three years ago. Uh, they're, they're they're taking those and putting them out of control and putting those and going through the process to put them in play. And so we're seeing that small tenant uh, growth right now from those service providers that supply the home builders. And, you know, we saw that really pick up in about 03 to 04. And if you take and look at Prologis, who has about 24 million square feet in town, which is another peer to, to the to whole companies, you know, they're at 94% um, occupancy right now. And a lot of that is, is the smaller base stuff that they're filling up. So we're seeing market stabilization across the board, which uh, really a lot of that's got to do with the job growth, but then again with the, uh, with the housing starts that are, that are coming on here in DFW. Well, that's interesting. I think uh, in some of the markets we work in the southeast, we've seen the same thing where when the housing market struggled, we lost a lot of those smaller tenants around in some of the industrial uh, properties. And, Jim, are you seeing that, that, that tenant base uh, strengthen as well? Yes, there's no doubt about it. As housing has increased over the last 18 months, you know, everything, you know, whenever the home builders are building, you got to think you've got, you know, from ceiling fans to to electrical uh, supplies to, you know, face plates to washers, dryers, you name it. Everything that goes in the house has to be in the warehouse. So, as how, you know, as home building definitely increases, there's no question that your your uh, warehousers are going to increase as well. Okay. And you guys are talking to the, the tenants and the, and the tenant reps uh, every day. What are these tenants telling you 
about expansion. You know, corporations have records amounts of, of cash on hand, it seems. Are they confident enough to start investing in new plants and, and new facilities and warehousing right now, Jim? No question. Mm-hmm. We've seen it across seen it across the board. Um, we've seen, because, you know, Dallas has been a ben, uh, big benefactor of consolidations, you know, due to, you know, our location and our rental rates, but also uh, from an expansion uh, standpoint. You know, Amazon just did two deals that were 1.1 million square feet apiece, one in DFW Airport submarket and one in Alliance. Coles has brought a million square feet uh, e-commerce facility here. Whirlpool did over a million square feet. So there is no question that those are all pure expansion deals. Uline expanded from 300,000 feet to 600,000 feet out in the airport. So um, there's no doubt. You know, they kind of held their purse strings, cut costs, and really strengthened that balance sheet. And over the last, I would say, 18 months, you know, we've been a huge, huge benefactor of tenant expansion. Rob, you seen the same thing, tenants bullish on the uh, economy? Yeah, I think really the, the driver that we have right now, you always look for economic drivers into a market. And with uh, everything that's going on uh, worldwide, uh, all the Euro issues, Cyprus, uh, you know, we've got the new numbers out on China, uh, you know, job growth, you know, in, in the stock market going up. You're sitting there uh, in retail sales, you know, just just off a tick for what we thought they'd be on the first quarter. You look at it, but corporate America – uh, you know, they've had, and this is not just this year, I mean, they've had, going back to 2010, more cash in their coffers than they've ever had in, in history. All right, we've got to take a quick break here. When we get back, we'll talk about the investment market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Sometimes opportunity comes along because you're at the right place at the right time. A commercial redevelopment site on Peachtree Street in Buckhead, Atlanta, appraised for $7.5 million, is now available for $5 million. For more information, visit the homepage at bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, we have produced recent shows on the hospitality sector, our prevalent legal issues, and a show on mistakes to avoid with purchase and sale contracts. And be sure to catch a show on how the tax changes of 2013 may affect the commercial real estate industry. You can access the shows anytime on your smartphone or computer. Just visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing the industrial sector with Rob Reiner and Jim Bryce. And uh, Rob, I'd like to ask you about the timing to invest in industrial properties right now. As you said before, you know, we've got uh, record low interest rates promised through 2015. Should users and investors be using this cheap money to buy industrial properties right now? You know, if, if you look at it and you say, okay, we're going to have low interest rates through 2015, but look in the rearview mirror for a minute and say, you know, what helped us get to, uh, to the stabilization that we're having now, and it's been the low interest rates. I mean, you know, if you had a loan, a construction loan, 30 days uh, over LIBOR, uh, 30-day LIBOR uh, with, say, 175 over, that's what kept a lot of these developers alive uh, through the pretend to extend uh, period where we had more product than we had uh, users. So if you're a user and you're looking going forward or an investor, uh, getting getting cheap money and locking in those terms now 
um, as long as possible, um, that's just a good hedge. And so, you know, what you've got going on is you've got, um, you know, pension funds buying property, um, REITs, everybody's locking in, uh, you know, the cheap money now, uh, because once, you know, once we get inflation kicking in, you know, you want your money in sticks and bricks. So it's just a, it's a double hedge. So you'll have, you'll have your, your, um, your asset value going up. You'll have low cost, uh, low cost of, uh, of, of uh, money, and so it's just a good hedge right now. So this is uh, one of the, the biggest drivers we have going on right now in our recovery. Well, Jim, speaking of uh, cheap money, how is financing and underwriting today for tenants and investors? Is it a little easier to access that money, or is it still a little difficult for some? We get calls daily with people with an open checkbook asking us to help them find stuff to buy <laughs> so there is ample there is definitely ample money out there the biggest thing is we it's been more of a lack of quality product coming to the market um you know people are just foaming at the mouth to buy uh <clears throat> industrial portfolios uh really here in texas and across and across the country now that you know real estate is an accepted asset class uh, in the investment market um, you know, it's tangible. It's something that, you know, investors can see. Um, you know, it's it's just going to continue to be, you know, an asset class that, um, you know, that's just going to be solid for the next, you know, golly, next 20 years. So, well, you know, as I mentioned, the biggest the biggest thing is trying to find more product for, for uh, you know, for people to buy. Um, cap rates, you know, are, have compressed. We're already back to where they were pre-recession. Um you know, usually everything, you know, cap rates usually have been, you know, 300 basis points over treasuries, and golly, we're, we're even compressed below that. Um, so, you know, I, I just view the future, especially on the industrial market and real estate really as a whole, um, just to continue to grow. You know, the th- great thing about buying industrial, it's not sexy, but you don't have the big spikes uh, in values or rents, which makes it just a good, solid play. You know, you may not hit a grand slam, but you're just, you know, you're constantly at the constantly at bat and stroking doubles all the time so it's just kind of the sector you know especially here in texas that uh everyone wants to buy and be a part of and rob what are some of the other benefits of industrial over uh, other sectors well i think as you have the the multifamily that's been so hot and um you know it's it's not cooling off but um as the residential as those people as the as the the tenants and multifamily move over into the residential side um you know that's one of the things we mentioned earlier in the show uh, that the drivers that are filling up are are lower than 300,000 square foot spaces, those start ramping up. So, you know, residential development is good for industrial, uh, and vice versa. If, if you don't have residential development, then then it, you know it's not good for industrial. So, you know, basically, um, I would say that industrial, when as an investment class, uh, and Jim mentioned this, you know, it's not the 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 uh, doesn't have the most uh, appeal. Or you know high end you know hey here's the asset I bought but when you start looking at retenanting costs from um, the tenant improvements from the office to you know the, the light systems that you have the dock the dock uh, packages um, it's a pretty easy asset to get your hands around and um, if you look at construction cost you look at land cost uh, you just you get some built-in hedge when you invest in industrial. Well, we're short on the break, but what are building costs for industrial properties today, uh, say, compared to several years ago? Well, I think that uh, one of the biggest factors, we've got our new uh, IBC 2012 International Building Codes, and in that, if if you're building a a big box industrial facility today, uh, you have ambient uh, warehouse uh, 
space with just uh, freeze protection in it. You know, the last time that we were building, we were building to our R factor of 10, which, uh, you know, your insulation on the roof was about an inch and a half. Today, the new standard calls for um, uh, R factor of 20, which doubles your insulation and adds about a dollar fifty to the uh, cost of, uh, of a big box. Uh, so we're seeing we're seeing uh, in construction cost and, and uh, other green energy factors that are uh, regulatory issues that are uh, raising the cost for the uh, tenants and the uh, overall uh, product in the market. What do you say, Rob, on a shell building? Would you say it's about a fifteen to twenty percent increase? I would say so. Yep, that's what that's kind of what I, I would agree with you. Okay. And tenant costs as well. You know, you used to used to be quoting 350 you know on a bulk building uh for your tenant improvements and now most deals heck dock packages alone with tenants pretty much doing every door you're spending that just in dock equipment your average deal now is closer to five to 550 for a real low office finished deal okay all right we're gonna take a quick break here we're gonna have more industrial real estate intel for you i'm michael bull this is the commercial real estate show we'll be right back Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Hey, we have some interesting shows coming up for you, including a show on the office market, one on the retail sector, and an interesting show on apps. It's called There's an App for That. Be sure to catch shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a -a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing the industrial sector. My guests are Rob Reiner with Panatoni Development and Jim Bryce with Holt Lunsford Commercial. And Jim, you say that uh, building costs are up a little bit, demand's up, uh, people are starting to build more uh, uh, properties, even uh, spec. As, how about finding land? Are you able to find land out there? And what are you seeing for uh, prices uh, compared to, say, pre-recession days? Uh, there's no doubt, Michael, that land prices have gone up, especially mm-hmm. In the northern part of Dallas, uh, you know, land has been very, very difficult to find. We're pretty much built all the way up I-35, uh, all the way up to Lake Louisville, and out in the DFW Airport submarket, which really has been the hottest submarket over the last 10 years. You know, most of your fee simple land's gone. There is some ground lease land that's available, but your fee simple stuff, you know, there's just a lack of sites there. So there's no question. You know, I would say five to six years ago, you were able to buy in that. You know, two and a quarter to two fifty range, and now if you're looking to try to find a site, the few that are available, you're you're you know, you're more in line at three fifty a foot. So, there's no question in those submarkets, land has got up, uh, has definitely increased. Um, the next wave of development over the next fifteen years is definitely going to be in South Dallas, and um, you know, I would say your prices down there are pretty similar to where they were five years ago. But the further you go south, especially down I forty five. You know, there's a lot of those municipalities that, that just aren't ready for what's coming their way, and the infrastructure cost from roads to utilities to water, et cetera. Um, you know, they're going to you know, they're going to be very, very expensive to do down there. So, uh, overall, I would definitely say land prices have gone up. Okay, and Rob, we have a lot of listeners that uh, all over the commercial real estate spectrum, and some that are in industrial real estate. What might surprise people about the industrial sector today? You know, I think it's uh, you know, it's the same old uh, metrics that you always look at. But uh, we mentioned it earlier. You know, costs are up. 
um, absorption's up, land costs are up, cap rates are moving down, um, you know, money's cheap, and you've got uh, REITs and, and pension funds that are trying to, uh, uh, you know, earn returns for their investors, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, the investor for the, the REIT and the stock, the return on FFO, or whether it be the, uh, the pensioner uh, uh, return. So, uh, basically, what you've got right now, and I think we haven't seen this in a while, but um, we had a uh, package that came out to the market. It was on the market uh, investment package of about three buildings, uh, you know, middle-sized deal, Class A construction, uh, had some Shallow Bay product, but uh, it was it, it got a preemptive offer from a REIT uh, four days out on the market. So, uh, what we're seeing is where multifamily was uh, coming out of this cycle. Um, because people weren't buying houses or weren't able to get loans. Um, as we see the economy come back around, we see the industrial class kind of stepping in there and uh, becoming uh, a bigger part of the bandwidth for the, uh, for the pension funds. So you've had REITs in it. Now you've got pension funds in it. You've got local investors that are trying to get a return and uh, look for an, an uh, inflation hedge. So um, I would say that we're, uh, we're looking good in industrial, and if you think you want to place some money in it, uh, sooner, sooner than later. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good tip. Time to buy. You heard it here on the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like a contact to help you find investment properties, especially industrial properties anywhere in the U.S., give us a call. We have lots of friends around in the industry that can help you. Rob, Jim, thanks for joining us today, gentlemen. We appreciate your intel. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Michael. If you'd like more information from anyone on the show today, you can find the contact information at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, I have an invitation for you as a listener Can you join us next week? Well, I hope so. We'll be discussing the U.S. office market. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Michael Bull. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is made available by professionals at Cone Resnick, BB&T, France Media, and Bull Realty. For more information about these companies or to access additional show podcasts or videos, visit commercialrealestateshow.com.